For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt and find more birds this spring. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order. Mediators World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana. This is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. Beaver walks into a bar, or subway rather, and there's no joke, that's all. Just a beaver walks into the subway in Toronto, which resulted in the subway stop of Royal York being shut down temporarily by the Toronto Transit Authority, or TTA. Anti-discrimination lawsuit pending. Tis the season to find beavers in abnormal places. Adult beavers kick their young out of the dens in the spring to disperse to new locations with high water runoff associated with melting snow and rain. That's right. You can't blame this young beaver for hanging out in the subway, but you can blame its parents. Years ago, while bird hunting a large piece of high, dry block land management out in eastern Montana, I was shocked to find a beaver carcass laying underneath the tall sage right in amongst the prickly pear cactus, miles from consistent water. Seemed wildly out of place and kind of conjured up the images of lone cowboys crawling through the high prairie being beat down by the sun in search of water. Cool, clear water. More recently, my girlfriend and I headed out on a mission to retrieve a supposed road-killed beaver near Three Forks, Montana, which on one hand I suppose you could call odd, but if you think about the history of beaver and the Three Forks of the Missouri, it's kind of fitting. We did not locate the beaver, but we did swing into the Sacagawea Inn because they have great poutine. That's right, french fries, gravy, cheese curds, just like they have in Canada. And you were starting to think... This had nothing to do with Toronto. He is truly a master of his craft. Anyway, some very nice person or persons bought us dinner. Don't know who you are, but thank you. And to the rest of you, be on the lookout for beavers in strange places. Even if you can't put your hands on one, 
something good may come out of it. Happened to us anyway. This week, we've got listener emails, wildlife crime, and wisdom. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. And my week, as well as this podcast, is sponsored by the amazing people at Steel Power Equipment. It does not matter if you're an urban flower box, high-rise gardener, or a wood-fueled boiler burner, Steel has something for you. So the next time you go past that classic orange steel sign, stop in, buy something, and tell them you heard about Steel on your favorite podcast, Cal's Week in Review. Then tell them what Cal's Week in Review is. It's a podcast, and they should listen to it. Everybody wins. You get a new friend out of it. My goodness. This is the 100th episode of Cal's Week in Review. Which is just a number, but also a bit of a milestone. And milestones should get a moment of reflection. The average Week in Review is right in the neighborhood of about 3,400 words on paper. Meaning that somewhere in the neighborhood of 340,000 words or several steamy paperback romance novels worth of words have been typed or penned over the course of 100 episodes. For reference, The Wizard of Oz was 40,000 words. Legends of the Fall, the novel by Jim Harrison, which comes to mind as I look out my Montana window to early spring snowstorms, was only 82,524 words. 92 in the Shade by Tom McGuane, just a shade over 59,000 words. I'm not comparing myself to these writers, mind you. I'm just pointing out there is a living to be made doing a lot less. I'm comparing word count, not skill, so give me a break. Not that full of myself. We are going to depart from the regular format of Cal's Week in Review because it's the 100th episode. Then we'll get back to the fast, fun wildlife news on episode 101, I promise. Before we get to a couple of stories harvested from the Ask Cal email, I want to thank Phil the Engineer, Corinne the Producer, and Alex Tilney the Writer, as well as Hayden Samick. Alex has been contributing to the podcast research and writing for a few weeks, but has recently selfishly chosen to take a break because of a newborn baby. News does not stop for reproduction, Alex. Congrats to you and Sarah, though. And again, thank you to the whole team for doing so much work. I appreciate you, and everybody who writes in the Ask Cal email does too. And I need to thank you folks too. Thank you to everyone who downloads this and subscribes and shares and writes into the Cal's Week in Review podcast, and those that have been tuning in to the Cal in the Field series. We've released Grizzlies and Rewards for Rainbows in Idaho. This week, we are traveling to Louisiana with Jared Serigne of Beyond the Levees and Captain Jerome Brewer to catch fish and hunt what the bayou has to offer while we look at the effects of saltwater intrusion and land loss. Check that out at the Meat Eater YouTube channel. Moving on to the Ask Cal email desk, or maybe we'll call it anecdotes. Because it is the season, and it's a good reminder that it's not just a bunch of old folks in the woods. Will writes in, We woke up at 4 a.m. and got all set up before light. We were set up with a strutter and three hens because I had watched a three-pack of toms run a lone bird out of the field the night before. Over the next 45 minutes, seven toms, three jakes, and two bearded hens with seven or eight other hens made their way out, 
gobbling, strutting, fighting the whole show, but all out of range. We watch the birds do circles over the next couple of hours until my friend looks out the back window and says, Oh no, Tom, 60 yards. The silent bird had got right in on us on the wrong side of the blind. Had he kept on his original course, he would have fed out in front of us, but let's face it, these birds seldom do what we want them to. Instead, he walked right to 15 yards directly behind us where we had no open windows in our ground blind and made a left turn showing no real interest in our fake friend we had laid out for him. I decided we needed to try and make a move, so I stood my son up and started slowly peeling a window open to maybe get a shot. Somehow, after the commotion of shuffling gear and maneuvering my four-foot-tall, 50-pound son to a standing position on my chair, the bird was still only 20 yards away. You see him? Yep, Daddy. Calmly and with the stealth of your normal, everyday, run-of-the-mill, six-foot-three, 320-pound man, I eased the gun out the window, got right over my son's shoulder, and before I could ask, I felt him move the dot and the barrel over the bird and hold steady. I told him, if he's on, pull the trigger nice and boom. I knew as soon as the gun went off what had happened. The pattern ripped through the mud and wheat low and right. I felt him jerk the trigger and peek as the tom ran out to 60 yards and did a slow circle to join the rest of the birds just 150 yards away. It was a great morning, and we came away with no bird. I've thought about it a couple days now, and I'm not disappointed at all. I would have thought I would have had some sort of disappointment if this happened on my son's first hunt, but I'm not, and I think it's because it was everything I wanted it to be. The morning lived up to our excitement from the night before. A bird would have been cool, but there's a huge part of me that wants my son to earn this stuff. When we started hunting birds in lower Michigan, we'd sometimes go days without seeing or hearing a bird, and we had to hunt hard. My son just walked more turkeys in one morning than I probably saw in my first three years of turkey hunting. It was great. I couldn't be happier with the morning. And sometimes new turkey hunters aren't that young. Matt writes in, Imagine a place full of anti-hunters and anti-gun folks. Add on to that, no hunting on Sundays, no hunting for turkeys after 12 p.m., and limited public land. On this day, I brought my buddy Diddy, a first-time hunter, into the turkey woods. He was placed in an advantageous position, which is what you do with first-timers. Five out of six times in this situation, the birds come to us from the other side of a 200-year-old rock wall. Diddy is facing the wall head-on at 12 o'clock. I'm facing the woods at his 9 o'clock position. Birds are gobbling in the dark, and I can tell Diddy is excited. I say, two rules, Diddy. Don't move and don't shoot until I say so. The sun crests the trees, and the birds are off the roost. The birds closest to us were not interested, and they followed some hens across the road and into some neighboring property. Diddy gets disappointed and later told me he was thinking, why the hell did I get up with this guy? Been there. Eventually, I hear birds two to three hundred yards away responding to soft yelps but not coming. So I start making a racket. Excited yelps, clucks, purrs, any sound I can get out of that diaphragm call. Five minutes later, two toms come running around a dirt pile like Usain Bolt. Wings tucked back, heads pinned in our direction. A flat-out race to come and bang my $20 trio of decoys. They come to a screeching halt 20 feet from the rock wall and 30 feet from us. 
The bird on the left is a world record. The bird on the right is a stud as well. The Turks begin moving and are about to swap positions. Then they both rip out a gobble, and I see Diddy's butt leave the ground in surprise. As soon as his behind touches the earth, he touches off a shot without permission. The bird on the right flops, and the six-bearded potential world record takes one last look at me before he decides it's time to boogie. I roll right, come up on one knee, click my safety off, and shoot before he reaches full throttle. Diddy is so fired up he hardly knows what's happened. I immediately tell him to put his gun on safe. Out of breath, he says, oh yeah, thank you, good idea. Two birds in the bag by 9 a.m. We took all the measurements on my bird and sent them in to SCI. Sure enough, new world record. It did not make the National Wild Turkey Federation world record because they include weight as a measure and some of the southern birds are coming in over 35 pounds. I believe this bird was 24 to 26 pounds frozen. Even at live weight, he would not have beaten the NWTF records. I included this one because it's hard to take first-timers in the woods regardless of age. But maybe a six-bearded world record turkey doesn't round the corner like Usain Bolt if you don't. For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver, off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid, and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood 
in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. Next up, throw a little news at you. The Crime Desk. Because we cover this beat often, and it is a good reminder that we want justice, which is a punishment that fits the crime. If I could show you the search results when I type in poaching in the email search box, the theme that quickly emerges is that the guilty party got off too easy. Well, here's a part of a letter from a poacher. All the context I'll give you is this. This is a first-time offender, first-time lawbreaker, who, owning up to his crime, pled guilty as opposed to putting up a fight in court and probably didn't quite realize what he was pleading guilty to or all that was involved. Here's the letter. I was given three years of probation and fined $7,000, plus attorney's fees and court costs. I'm told the buck is hanging in the DNR office with an engraving that reads, Poached Deer. I couldn't go to a bar or a restaurant without people whispering about it. I couldn't sit in our family spot at church anymore. Sure, my friends and family believed me and corrected people's accusations at first, but after a while... Even they stopped defending me, and who could blame them? It's been over three years, and I have since moved, but I went home last weekend for my grandmother's funeral, and the first thing someone comes up to talk to me about was poaching deer. $7,000 is a lot of money, but what's more expensive is my reputation. In a place where public land runs scarce, I will never again be able to gain permission to hunt anyone's private land, I served my country in the U.S. Army Airborne for seven years with multiple awards and decorations citing my integrity, honor, courage, and dedication to duty. But none of that matters, because now I'm just a poacher. I'm not writing this with any hopes of changing the past or rectifying any mistakes. It's too late for that. I guess I'm half writing to explain myself and my story so in the future, when you hear a story about a poacher, you take it with a grain of salt and half so that people who aren't really worried about breaking the law or who don't invest time into really reading the regulations can see what the consequences of that are and change their ways before it's too late. My advice is this. Know the laws of what and where you're hunting. Whether you think it's right or wrong doesn't matter. Be safe. Ask specific questions about what you plan to hunt and how. And... If you are ever in doubt when being questioned, say nothing and get a lawyer. It'll be cheaper than the alternative. Next at the crime desk, Governor Greg, a.k.a. Greg from Montana Gianforte, made some headlines for trapping a collared wolf that had belonged to a Yellowstone Park pack. Uh, If you're reading headlines out there, it sounds like he went into the park and trapped a wolf, but that's not the case at all. The Gov had not fully read the requirements for wolf trapping, it seems. He possessed a trapper's license, but had not completed the required wolf trapper's online course and was issued a warning. Moving on to the bad bill desk. The state of Vermont, known for being super rural. That's an inside joke. I chased a lady to Vermont at one point in my life, and that seemed to be the state word or theme. Rural. We're so rural. Mud season. Sugar season. Rural. Life moves a little slower, and that's the way we like it. Anyway, 
H-127 would create an environmental stewardship board that would oversee, among other things, the Vermont Fish and Game. My experience, when legislators are attempting to oversee or add more controls to state fish and game, it typically means that fish and game is doing a good job of equally pissing everybody off on behalf of wildlife. If you are a Vermonter, rural or not, you should take a hard look at H-127. Seems as if, if it passes, you'll be adding some redundancy to the office of the redundancy office. This bill was introduced in part by Representative Sheldon of Middlebury, Vermont, which I only bring up because if you were to chuck a rock in any bar in the Rocky Mountain West that services an outdoor recreation type crowd, you got a darn good chance of hitting somebody from Middlebury, Vermont. Next up, the migrator desk. Wisdom. The at least 70-year-old Lazen Albatross that we covered way back on episode one has, as we covered in another episode, successfully hatched a new chick. Wisdom may be the oldest known bird in the world, but she is still very much in the game. In February on Midway Atoll, located at the far northern end of the Hawaiian archipelago, she hatched yet another chick, believed to be her 36th. Albatross mate for life, as a general rule, but wisdom isn't a death-do-us-part type, and truthfully, the animals that are, are an exception, not the rule. And think about that, we say a lot of animals mate for life, but, you know, life is like the life of a partner. Anyway, wisdom's current egg-rearing partner has been meeting her on Midway and co-tending the nest since 2012. Albatross will take turns alternately tending the nest and flying sometimes up to a thousand miles in a single day to collect food. The first albatross was banded in this very same spot back in 1936, and since then, over 275,000 albatross have been banded, giving scientists a gargantuan amount of data over the years. But wisdom is special, because with her longevity has come, well, wisdom or an ability to adapt to a world, an ocean that is much different than it was when she was a chick. Shipping traffic, plastics, ghost fishing gear, she somehow avoids it all, including an earthquake-driven tsunami that killed 2,000 adult and juvenile lazen and black-footed albatross. She even managed to help her chick survive somehow. The U.S. Geological Survey, the agency that oversees worldwide migratory bird banding, has banded well over 64 million birds altogether. They've outfitted Wisdom with a total of six bands over the years. She's not wearing six bands all at once. This mark and recapture study has helped us understand the connection between breeding and nesting grounds, why events and regulations in Alaska, the Yukon, Canada, as well as Texas and Mexico affect regulations in Montana, Iowa, Arkansas, etc. Bands are more than just ornaments for your call lanyard and your ego. Who knew? The USGS estimates that Wisdom has flown well over 3 million miles since her original banding. Wisdom has not only outlived her original mate, but also the first scientist who placed the band around her leg in 1956. Chandler Robbins was the first researcher's name. He passed away in 2017, and as NPR pointed out, Dwight D. Eisenhower was the president. Not to get too macabre, but it's possible that the chick wisdom just hatched will outlive me and most of the people listening to this show right now. 
to check back in on Wisdom's 70-year-old chick, watch out for Cal's Week in Review, episode 3740. Moving on. And pay attention to this last story of episode 100 from Lucas in Washington State. My dad grew up in Argentina, trapping songbirds with glue traps, killing pigeons with slingshots, and hunting rabbits with dogs, horses, and whips. He was a man who made his own way in the world. He raised five kids while running a concrete business that for the majority of the time was just him. On one job, he popped a hernia while brooming to expose aggregate concrete and continued to broom with one hand while the other pressed in the hernia until the job was finished. At 70, he decided to have a double knee surgery in hopes that he could continue fishing and hunting and doing the things he loved. A few weeks ago, my dad went duck hunting with me and a friend who had never gone before. We had an amazing morning. So much so that the next weekend, my buddy wanted to go again. So I invited my dad along once more. We were hunting public land and had to trek our way to a blind. Four months after double knee surgery, and my dad kept up with us through a mucky field in knee-deep water. My friend and I threw decoys and went to join him in the blind. Instantly, birds were everywhere. Ten minutes until shooting time, the birds zooming around us, and my dad just kept saying, Oh my guy, oh my guy, which was his way of saying, Oh my god. He was blowing his widgeon call when he stopped and said, I'm going to pass out. Then his head fell forward. We tried to wake him and perform CPR, but he was gone. Right at legal shooting time, 911 was called, and eventually I ran and grabbed the med team to guide him to the blind. They also trekked through the mud and water in their regular uniforms. No waiters. And after four hours, my dad's body was brought out with swans flying the path above him. Instead of ashes, I'm keeping his duck calls. Figured he spat so much in them that there's enough of him in there for me. Thank you so much for listening and sticking with us here at Cal's Week in Review for 100 episodes. We'll get back to our regular programming next week. If you are loving what you're hearing, tell a friend or two. And most importantly, don't forget to let me know what's going on in your neck of the woods by writing in to A-S-K-C-A-L. That's askcal at meateater.com. We'll talk to you next week. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and burnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance axis deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some Axis Deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I. 
venison.com and use promo code CAL for 20% off your first order.